Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. So this morning I am preaching on Mother's Day and I know it has already been said, but happy Mother's Day women. Um, We honour you. Thank you for investing into the next generation. I thank the people that have gone before me for investing into me and I pray that I will continue to invest into the next generations, that they will run their race that God has for them. Women, you are crowned with victory. You are clothed in righteousness and we are blessed because of you. The definition of mum is... The amazing ability to hear a sneeze through three closed doors in the middle of the night, three bedrooms away, while daddy snores next to you. (laughs) Very true, isn't it? Women just have a natural instinct to hear that tiny sneeze or that little cough or... (laughs) whatever it is. But whatever your morning has been like today, whether you got breakfast in bed or maybe you made your children breakfast, um, maybe your children didn't argue today. Amazing. Maybe your child woke you up before you intended to wake up because they wanted to say happy Mother's Day and give you a hug. Whatever your morning has looked like today, um, we pray that today you will leave encouraged, inspired and blessed this morning. Um, We love you. Today um, I am preaching from um, 2 Samuel and I pray that today um, if you are a male please don't switch off um, because I believe what we're going to learn from David applies to all of us. Even if you're a teenager it applies to you. Um, So we're going to turn to the book of 2 Samuel verse 1 and it's up on the big screen behind us as well. We're going to read 11 verses. In the spring... At the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. And David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanliness. Then she went back home and the woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. So David sent this word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite, and Joab sent him to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked him how Joab was, how the soldiers were, and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the palace, and a gift from the king was sent after him. But Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all his master's servants and did not go down to his house. David was told Uriah did not go home. So he asked Uriah, haven't you just come from a military campaign? Why didn't you go home? Uriah said to David, the ark and and Israel and Judah are staying in tents and my commander Joab and my Lord's men are camped in the open country. How could I go to my house and to eat and drink and be with my wife As surely as I live, I will do no such thing. You might be wondering, how does this apply to Mother's Day and womanhood and parenthood, etc.? But hold on, the story continues. 
David was in a dilemma. He had a plan to try and orchestrate and cover up some different situations that had happened. What was David to do? Let's go to verse 14. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it, to, sent it with Uriah. And in it he wrote, Put Uriah out the front where the fighting is fierce, then withdraw from him so he will be struck down dead and die. We know that Uriah dies. Hmm, interesting. And David sends word back to Joab and then jo- Joab's, um, then Uriah's wife mourns because obviously her husband has just died in that war. She mourns, then she goes back to David and has his son and becomes his wife. In the last verse, in verse 27, it says this, but the thing David had done displeased the Lord. This sounds like an old TV show. If you've ever grew up in the 90s, there's the bold and the beautiful and the rung and the restless. It sounds very, um, a little bit chaotic. Um, Maybe as a child, you've heard about David, um, King David from, you know, David and Goliath, um, heard how David had a heart after God. And that's the amazing thing about David. When he was anointed a shepherd boy, he became king. But there's something about David that he always had was a repentant heart and turned back to God. But the message this morning is called, stay at your post. See, David in that time, he should have actually gone to war. He was the king and he should have gone into the king's battle. Here's some history and context. With the defeat of the Syrians, David is free to concentrate on overwhelming Rabbah. But the time when kings go out to battle, but David remained. The connection of these two phrases hint that something is wrong. The king goes out to battle, but this king, David, does not. And all Israel went out to battle, but Israel's leader did not. See, you can see the difference between the king who was at leisure and the soldiers on the field. See, David got into trouble because he stayed behind and did not do what he was called to do or do what he was assigned to do. See, David was not acting responsibly. He sent someone else to go and do his job. He sent Joab. Don't leave your post. Stand your ground and remain. Three, there are things that you can delegate in life. Yes, you can delegate your children to take out the garbage bin, your husband to cook a meal. You can delegate someone to pick up your kids or you can delegate someone to do things for you. But there are certain things in our lives that we cannot delegate. We must take responsibility for. We must remain at our post. So here are some areas in our lives that you can only do. One, only you can cultivate a vibrant and growing relationship with your husband or your wife. Marty and I have nearly been married for 18 years, coming up in July, which is amazing. And we've learned a little bit over the course of our life. And I've also known that there's many people here who have been married many more years than us and have a lot more experience and wisdom. But I pray that you will hear um, from me today. You know, being a Christian is not enough. The fact that you love Jesus does not necessarily mean that you're going to build a strong and healthy marriage. In marriage, it takes work, it takes commitment, and it takes a lot of effort. There's a couple of things, practical things that you can do for each other. Pray over your husband. Pray over your wife. Pray for your husband. Pray for your wife. Don't give your husband or your wife the leftovers of your day. 
It's so easy when we're out and about in the workforce or um, looking after our children that we give everyone else so much. But then we get home and we're very tired and exhausted and we just give the crumbs, the leftovers. Plan together. Plan projects. Do those trips. Plan experiences. What does life look like for you in five or ten years' time? Marty and I were going on a walk and we started to talk about when do we want to retire? What age do we want to retire? Start planning those holidays and start planning those experiences. Don't worry, we're not retiring just yet. Um, be open and honest with each other. Marty doesn't hide anything from me and I don't hide anything from him. If he wants to hop on my phone, he can hop on my phone freely and vice versa. But be open, don't keep secrets because secrets is then when there starts to be a bit of a... Um, where it starts to be a, um, don't know, it starts to grow that tension and you start to hide things. Be open, transparent and honest with each other. Only you can cultivate a vibrant and growing relationship with your husband or your wife. What words do you speak over your husband or your wife? Proverbs 31 says this, when she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instructions with kindness. Words have the power of life and death. Are you speaking life or are you speaking death over your marriage? It can just be those simple passing comments that we just do. Oh, you never do anything. Oh, you're so lazy. Not that I ever say that. But there can be those passing comments. Oh, you didn't fill up the petrol again. What type of man are you? Um, I want to encourage you. Speak life over your husband and your wife. Husbands and wives, stay at your post. When it might seem easier to walk away, stay at your post. Number two, only you can love and believe in your children. Now, this is not the responsibility of a Christian school or a youth ministry. If you think about it, our youth pastors probably only have your children for a couple of hours a week. Now, also, this is not to say if you are remarried or you've been divorced, that if you're married and have children, that you cannot love and bring up your children in the ways of God. But as a parent, it is your responsibility. You know, some of us complain way too much about what our kids are not doing. We can complain about the mess. We can complain about the rudeness or the toys that are left around the place. I imagine there are people in this place that would love to embrace that mess. Andy Stanley says this, parent with the relationship in mind, not behaviour modification in mind. Parent with relationship in mind, not obedience in mind. Parent with relationship in mind, not the personal reputation in mind. I love this because basically the goal that we want is that our children, when they don't need to, will come back home that on those long weekends or when they're married and they're off, that they will want to be in the home with their parents. Only you can believe in your children. What's your relationship like with your parents? Whether you're an adult now already or maybe you're a teenager in this place, what's your relationship like with your mum, with your dad, with your grandparents? Mums in this room, you are the mum. Fathers, you are the father. If you have a broken relationship with your child, can I encourage you, take the steps to mend that relationship. Sometimes there's a maturity that sometimes maybe they have been in the wrong, 
But if you want to mend that relationship, come humbly and take that step forward to mend that relationship because why? That relationship is the most important thing. Continue to point your children to God in everything. When you're at home, in the home environment, point your children to God. That's the greatest thing that we can leave for our children is a growing and thriving relationship with their heavenly father. Can I encourage mums here today? If you are working outside of the home life while raising children, you are a champion. You are an incredible mother. If you are a mum that is full-time at home, you are not just a mum. You are raising the next generation. You have the greatest, greatest job of all. Mothers, to be in this room... And I encourage you, allow your church family to be there with you. Ask questions. Look for a great role model in, in, this, in this environment that can help and encourage you. But most importantly, ask the Holy Spirit to teach you and guide you in how to raise your children. To the ladies in this room who have not yet born a child but desire to, I know that God has seen your tears. It says in the Bible, he collects those tears in a bottle. He's seen your pain. And as a church, we will continue to pray Deuteronomy 28 over you. That blessing and fruit is in your home and in your womb. As parents, here's some practical things. Pray for your children. Speak life over your children. Call them up to greatness. Can I encourage you to claim the atmosphere in your home? Don't allow your children to claim the atmosphere in your home. When you're cleaning and you're vacuuming, pray in your children's room. When their children are sleeping, not in a creepy way, but pray over your children. When your kids are having a rough day, and they do, be available for them to come to you. Your children are only young for a brief time. Embrace the season. You were called to be their mother. You were called to be their father. Stay at your post. Number three, only you can grow a relationship with Jesus Christ. Colossians 1.10. See to it that you walk in the manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. You can't delegate out your spiritual growth. You can't ask someone else to pray for you or read your Bible for you or spend one-on-one -on -one time with God. Only you and I can grow a thriving relationship, a personal relationship with our God. I want to encourage you in your day, create and carve out time. Look for spiritual advisors or people that you seek counsel from that can help you in your walk with God that will give insight and input. Only you can do the heart check and say, okay, God, this is where I am right now with you. No one else can see your heart. You can look like you've got it all together or know everything about God, but only you know where your heart is at. You must follow Jesus for yourself, but you can't follow him by yourself. Surround, with pe surround yourself with people that are going to pull out the God best in you. Only you can grow yourself spiritually. Can I encourage you, remain at your post. You can't fulfill your calling in your comfort zone. Look what happened to David. What happened when he stayed in his comfort zone and in his leisure zone? What happened? 
disaster and a lot of um, shambles happened. Remain at your post and do only what God has called you to do. There are people here today and God wants you to step out and use the gifts that he has placed over your life. Maybe fear has stopped you or maybe the thoughts of what people will think about you has stopped you from stepping out of your comfort zone. I know um, for a season when I had children, I um, dedicated my time to raising our children and being involved in church. And then when the children got older, I had to go back into the workforce. It was 13 years. For me, that was freaky to go out into the paid workforce and be there. But as I stepped out, I can see how God has orchestrated and put my life in position with other people because that's part of my calling. I want to encourage you, get out of your comfort zone, even if it feels really hard. Get out, have those conversations with people. Get yourself out there and get out of your comfort zone and see how God uses you in a powerful and mighty way. Gifts and talents. There are so many gifts and talents that God has gifted you with. They're not limited to a title and they are not limited to a position. Discover the joy of using a God-given gift that God has given you to another person. Is it a kind word? Is it a helping hand? There were so many beautiful messages from those nominations of how mum has helped me or you've done this for me. Beautiful. A text message, a prayer, even a simple smile. Hospitality can become a burden to us these days, isn't it? Because sometimes we're worried of what people are going to think about our house if it's messy or that this is out of a thing. Let's take the pressure off ourselves. Invite people over. If your house is messy, let the house be messy. But let's be hospitable in inviting people into our homes. See, only you can allow your gifts and talents to be used by God. If the keys would love to join me now as we come to a close on Mother's Day. We don't have a key, but we do have a guitar, don't we? <laughs> Thank you. Isn't it amazing old habits, what we say? Beautiful. But when you leave your post, and that's what happened with King David, that's when trouble comes. When you leave, when you leave your post or you just get distracted, or you turn your back, or you sit down, that's when the enemy tries to come in and he sneaks in to distract you. So today, we all have a call on our lives. Each and every single person in this room has a great call of God on our lives. There's different roles in your life that only you can do. And I pray today that the Lord will speak to you and pinpoint those areas and say, yes, that's for you. Don't delegate it out. That's your job to do. That's your role to do. Women, men, teenagers, stand at your post. See, I can't be someone else's wife. Marty can't have another wife. He's got me and I'm sure he doesn't want more than one. But what am I saying? I can't be someone else's mother. I'm called to this post. You're called to your post. To raise your family, to be the greatest wife, husband. In your workplace, where you are at the moment, stand your post, stand your ground. In your workplace, pray over your boss. Believe over your boss. Bring the best out into your work environment. Remain at your post. See, your family needs you. My family need me. They are my post. 
The calling of God is for you. You can't delegate that to anyone else. The call of God on your life is for you. The enemy does try to come and distract you and take you off guard. But spend time in his word, get to know him and walk with God in a personal way and he will encourage you and strengthen you because as we know, parenting and life, it's real and it can be hard. But remain at your post. Let's just pray right now with our eyes.